Who are our favorite players to target across positions in fantasy football seasonal leagues in 2023? It's a new edition of Locked On Fantasy Football coming at you right now. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. I told you there was big news coming on the show, and we do have it here. Yes, I do have a brand new co-host, an excellent personality from NFL Media. It's Michelle Juke. Here she is, and excited to have her on board as a co-host here of Locked On Fantasy Football. Welcome, Michelle. Hey, hey. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Yeah, so I work for NFL Network. I'm a researcher for them, um, and I write some great fantasy articles on NFL.com as well, and I'm just so excited to join you, Vinny. This is going to be a blast. What a fun season. We're like, we're coming up on the 2023 season so soon. And it, it just flew by this summer. Yeah, the summer we've been doing all our research and working hard here to uh, put together all the numbers, crunch them all for you. And now it's time to get the nitty gritty. We're going to focus on today's show, our favorite players to target. These are just guys that we like. We're going to bang the table for in our fantasy football drafts at different points of the draft. And Really, this is the new Locked On Fantasy Football. So welcome to Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. And we'll have a lot of good stuff here to prep you for your draft. So, Michelle, I'm going to turn it over to you first. And we're going to look at quarterbacks here that we want to target across the board in fantasy football drafts this season. So, Michelle, who are your three guys that you're looking at? So my top three guys are Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, and Sam Howell. And they kind of all range in different areas with draft cost. Uh, but I'll say my top one that I'm like pounding the table for year, this year is Justin Herbert. I know he hurt a lot of people last year, so they might be feeling some type of ways of giving him another chance. Yeah, I mean, that's a good group there for sure. I mean, Sam Howell's interesting, right? Uh, there are some weapons there that... You look at his uh, scoring from last year, limited sample size, it was pretty high. So how uh, is it more about the weapons or do you have a lot of faith in how maybe being what the commanders want? It's kind of a little bit of both. So I do have more faith that Sam Howell will be better than his fifth. Like he fell to the fifth round, but at before the draft, some were saying he could be a first round pick and then he just kept falling and falling, falling, but he has a mobility. We saw him rush a ton in his final season at UNC. So he offers that little piece there that you need with fantasy quarterbacks where he has that, that rushing ability to kind of get you those more safe points. But then also he has awesome weapons with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and even Curtis Samuel, we all kind of forget about. And then we can't, not mention that he now has Eric Bieniemy as his offensive coordinator. I think he's a very like a secret 
sneaky good pick that you can take in the last round. And what I really like to take him is if, let's say you kind of punt on the position and you end up with like a Jared Goff or a Kirk Cousins, then that's when I really love taking Sam Howell in the last round to give you that little bit of hope that, ooh, maybe I can get a steal here with a guy with a ton of upside. Uh, if And if it doesn't go great, then you drafted him in the last round. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, that's a good call for sure. And I've got a couple of those guys that kind of fit that bill on my list. Number one, I'm starting with Trevor Lawrence. I think this guy's going to have a big season, maybe challenge Patrick Mahomes for MVP with the type of numbers he could put up. And I like the Herbert pick as well. So these are the young guns you're looking at, especially with the Joe Burrow injury. I think these are the two guys you really look to target in that second tier of quarterbacks. I also love... No pun intended, Jordan Love quite a bit. And we've heard a lot of rave reviews from him in training camp, from his teammates, from the weapons in particular. But I think this guy is sharp. He can give you a little bit of running ability, not too much, but just enough, but definitely a little bit more than what Aaron Rodgers did. And then spread the ball around to some really good weapons, some young weapons. So, look, this is where you attack in fantasy football, like Michelle mentioned with Sam Howell, that this is a bit of an unknown quantity. Some people are scared. Well, look at the data, look at what's available and look at the talent and look at the offense. And then just say, yeah, this isn't a good spot here for a quarterback to thrive. And Michelle, we didn't get into this uh, when you introduced yourself, but I believe you're a Steelers fan. So you might like this pick here in uh, Kenny Pickett. I am pounding the table later for Kenny Pickett. And again, I look at the weapons around him, Najee Harris and Pat Freemuth and now you've got Allen Robinson. It looks like he might actually be a factor again in the red zone. So a lot of things that are going on here. And, of course, uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. So sometimes you look at the weapons and say, how can this guy not put up some numbers somehow? And I also like one <laughs> fact that you know that Kenny Pickett can do here is a running ability. Really underrated athlete. And I don't know if he's underrated because he lit up the combine a little bit doing that. But what do you think of those selections? Uh, so Kenny Pickett is not my favorite quarterback. I am a Steelers <laughs> fan, but he reminds me of a lot of Derek Carr where he'll probably have some oh, like good games. Like he, he's going to put it out there to show you, I do have flashes and it's kind of going to get people excited, but then he's going to have so many games where he just completely disappears. I don't have a ton of faith in Kenny Pickett. So if I was going to take, you know, a later round dart throw like that, I'm more on the Sam Howell side, but he does have all the weapons he needs. It's more Matt Canada, the Steelers offensive coordinator. He scares the crap out of me because he doesn't really want to open up anything for anybody. So that's my biggest worry when it comes to Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a worry in the passing game. I think I'm leaning a little bit that he's going to do more in the rushing attack and give us some numbers there. And I do like the improvements on the offensive line that should help. But yeah, there's a lot that has to come together for some of these guys for sure. But we have different young guys we like, but don't be afraid to go after those young guys if you believe in them. And that's a takeaway here is that a lot of people will stay away from unknown quantities, attack those guys. That's where you're going to get the values. And we'll talk more about these values here. We're going to look at favorite players we like at running back, wide receiver, and tight end in our next uh, couple segments here on Locked on Fantasy Football. We're on Monday with our new format here, so really excited to give you the analysis going forward. Now, I do have to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel. 
And uh, FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one place that you can get your betting action. And if you haven't taken a shot at MLB, we know we're waiting for NFL season preseason action. This is a good time to get in because you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in a particular game. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League baseball and a proud sponsor here of locked on fantasy football all right it is time to continue the show and break down our favorite players to target in 2023 fantasy football drafts so we're going to move on to the running backs thanks again for making locked on fantasy football your first listen every day really excited to bring you more sleepers and studs that you want to look at here in your draft michelle we're up to the running backs here so Take it away with your four picks that you're going to look for across the board. So I'm going to start with one running back who I just don't understand why his price is never increasing. It's Alexander Madison of the Vikings. When Dalvin Cook was uh, finally released and it was official, I thought his ADP was going to skyrocket. It obviously moved up, but not nearly as high as I thought it was going to go. You could still grab him in the sixth round. And I have him ranked as a top six running back this year. I, I think he is the biggest steal draft. So he hasn't got a lot of opportunities, right? He's only started six games in his career, but over his last five starts, he's averaged 130 scrimmage yards per game and 23 fantasy points per game over those five starts. And there's no one else on this depth chart, like Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride, uh, Kenny Nwagno. I'm sure I just butchered his last name, but zero career carries for him. And all of these guys, I, I like. I don't think they're going to put any pressure on the Vikings to give many carries to. I think this is Alexander Madison's team. It's a good offense. It's a good system. And there's going to be a ton of scoring opportunities. And the only thing he's ever shown us is that he's a fantastic fantasy asset when he gets to actually play in games. I think he's a steal. Absolute steal. Do you agree? Yeah, I think the one thing that may be hurting him is that people are buzzing about Ty Chandler. I don't get it. I get he's a talented running back, and we've seen flashes of him out of North Carolina, and maybe just, again, the uncertainty, right? People aren't sure what you're going to get, but we've seen Alexander Madison be the guy when Dalvin Cook has been out, so we know what we're going to get. He's actually had a really good camp so far, so that's all pointing toward him. So that's a great call, and you got three more pretty good picks as well, I see. Yeah, so Tony Pollard, uh, he's a guy that he is going a a bit higher, but I think he's worth the cost because I think he actually has an opportunity here to be the running back one this year. That's not how I have him ranked, but I think he actually has that type of a ceiling. He was RB7 last year in points per game with 1,378 scrimmage yards, and that was with Ezekiel Elliott taking away 248 touches from him right? Because he had a split of backfield and now it's Deuce Vaughn and Ronald Jones with him. He's not going to play every snap, but he's going to get way more touches than he did last year. As long as he stays healthy, he has nine career games with 16 or more scrimmage touchdowns. He averaged nearly 21 fantasy points per game in those nine games. Like he's going to be a beast. 
Then my next guy is Najee Harris. This is a Homer Steelers pick here, but you didn't get, you can get a guy who's going to get at least 300 touches, probably upwards of 400 touches next year in the third round. And I know it hasn't been great for him in terms of efficiency, but I do think people forget that he sustained a foot injury in training camp last year prior to the season. And that really hurt almost his first half of the year. He only was averaging 13 carries per game from weeks one through eight. And then they had their bye. He seemed to get back healthy. They took the rod out of his foot. And then that went up to 18.2 carries per game. His efficiency went up. His touchdown scoring went up. His fantasy points went way up. So I, I think this year with a better offensive line, a better, you know, weapons, he's a he's a steal. And then my last one is Rashad Penny of the Eagles. He's you can grab him in the 10th, 11th round for a reason, right? This dude can never stay healthy for longer than five seconds <laughs> in any given season. But when he's healthy, he's absolutely fantastic. 11 career games with 12-plus touches, average 20 fantasy points per game. He gets to play behind the best offensive line. Well, arguably one of the best offensive lines in the NFL with the, with the Eagles now. There'll be a ton of scoring opportunities. He just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, and I have a guy that's similar to Rashad Penny. That's a good call because he's actually getting the first-team reps right now. So they're looking at him as the early down back in camp, I guess, and DeAndre Swift being the change of pace, receiving back, I guess. They'll sort that out and maybe go hot hand. But Penny, again, if he's healthy, he just eats up a chunk of yardage. And I have the guy that was in the spot last year, Miles Sanders. I, there's not a lot of competition in Carolina. I know they have some bodies there behind him, Chuba Hubbard and, and the like, but – Miles Sanders was paid pretty well for a reason. They're going to ride him. They're going to use him more in the passing game, which is very critical. He is a capable receiver, just that the Eagles haven't used him much of that capacity. So Miles Sanders is one guy I really like to target as an RB2. Now moving back up here, Ramondre Stevenson. Now I will warn you all that we're recording this before the Patriots make any kind of running back move. I'm hearing this Jonathan Taylor rumor. I'm not liking it. It's Ramondre Stevenson hate here. Stevenson's a great back. He's a good complete back, and he put up big numbers last year, much like Tony Pollard, kind of separating himself from the other back, Damian Harris, who he made expendable. So I don't get it. I don't know why the Patriots would go after a back. Just let Stevenson go crazy here. He's a real special back. And a couple other guys, these are a little bit more obvious maybe, but Jameer Gibbs, if I'm going Bijan Robinson in the top three, I'd rather have Jameer Gibbs a little bit lower because – Again, the Lions are going to be a good team and win games, and you want running backs on good teams, not Bijan Robinson, a team that can run with pretty much anyone, and it's Tyler Algier, where you get the Gibbs situation. Most vacated touches in the backfield without DeAndre Swift, without Jamal Williams. Is Dave Montgomery going to get it done? No, he's not. So we know it's Jameer Gibbs going to have a key role. He's a first-round pick for a reason, much like Bijan Robinson. And finally, you look at Isaiah Pacheco, that's everybody's, right? Everyone's going with him. So those are my picks here. I think Pacheco will have a bigger pass-catching role to uh, support that uh, touchdown potential. So what do you think of my picks, Michelle? What you- so what's so interesting is I feel like every year there's certain guys where we're like, yeah, they're just going too late, and we don't really know why because we all like to pick them where they're going, like Isaiah Pacheco. Every like That's everyone's go-to pick, right, later on in the drafts. But it's like if we all like him there, then maybe his cost should be a little bit higher if like we're all willing to take him there. So that's kind of funny. I will say with your Gibbs pick, I do like Jameer Gibbs, but don't put down my boy, Bijan Robinson. You know, they can both be great. And I, I actually have Bijan as my RB1 this year. I know a rookie is RB1 is a little risky, but 
I just I don't care about Tyler Algier. He's Tyler Algier. Like <laughs> he's not going to take away work from Bijan Robinson. I'm I knew so when I said it. I knew. Yeah, I knew when I said it. Uh, yeah, that's not the best <laughs> argument here. But I think I just you have to win your draft lottery, unfortunately, to get Bijan. But you may yeah. not need to do that with Jameer Gibbs, and that's kind of where I look at it with the value. So Robinson's value is just so high right now. Where Gibbs is kind of I think at RB 16, 17. Like yeah. Can I get some more It's production? definitely more okay. reasonable. And he offers yeah. a really great I receiving. Love Robinson. <laughs> I just no, might what, have to I, what I hear is that you hate Robinson. You hate me, Robinson. <laughs> that's, I that's just might I have to win every first round pick in all my, yeah. or every first overall pick in all my drafts to get him. And that concerns me because I, I don't get that very often. So um, I'll just be jealous of the Bijan Robinson owner, unless I have Jameer Gibbs. That's how it's going to play out here. So I know that. But uh, we will finish the show with our wide receivers and tight ends that we like here. This is uh, our new format here, two hosts. Uh, we love it. Uh, we love Michelle's insight here. So thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, we'll continue to bring you the insight you need to help you dominate your fantasy football draft. So stick with us. It's a fun time of year and a great time to have Michelle on board with all her insights. So we'll bring it to you five days a week, all through your draft, all season long. We keep uh, talking fantasy football here and helping you win a championship. All right, it is time to close the show, Michelle, and we need to look at wide receivers and tight ends. So I'll let you go down your four wide receiver picks first. All right, my first one, Damon Ross St. Brown of the Lions. He's going, you can grab him in the late second round. Maybe sometimes I can grab him at that turn. He is expensive, but so worth it in PPR leagues. A, the dude has 196 career receptions through his first two years. That is tied for the most in a player's first two seasons in NFL history. It's tied with Justin Jefferson and Michael Thomas. I feel like nobody, like, I don't believe the stat even when I read it. I'm like, this isn't true, but I know it's true, which is like, that's so impressive, and we're not giving him the credit that's due, right? But over his last 20 career games where he's played just 25 snaps in a game, which is a low minimum to hit there, he's averaged 20.6 PPR points per game. He's an elite fantasy asset when he's healthy on the field and everyone's gone. DJ Tark is gone. TJ Hawkinson's gone. DeAndre Swift's gone. Jamison Williams has suspended the first six games. This is a Monroe St. Brown's team. And hopefully there'll be more touchdown opportunities. If Jamal Williams isn't stealing a hundred touchdowns this year on the ground. So hopefully golf and St. Brown can connect more in the end zone. Moving on to my second guy. This kind of goes with my Sam Howell connection here. Jahan Dotson of the commanders is getting going into his second year Grab him in the seventh, eighth round. What I like about Jahan Dotson, it's not so much I'm like pounding the table that he's like so he is super talented, but I'm not saying like he's going to be one of the most elite players in the league. It's that he has the same chance to be a second year breakout as a guy like Christian Watson, as uh, Traylon Burks, as George Pickens, as even like a Chris Olave. But he's being overlooked and being drafted after all of those guys. But he dealt with an unfortunate hamstring injury in the middle of last year. So that kind of took away his rookie season, but he had five games with 16 plus fantasy points that was tied for the second most such games among rookies last year behind only offensive player of the year, Garrett Wilson. And he ended the year really great. Once he got back fully healthy from the hamstring injury, like I said, I believe in Sam Hall. So I believe in this connection. Hear me out. I'm my third guy because I know people (laughs) aren't going to like this. It's Gabe Davis of the Bills. I'm taking another <laughs> shot at him, all right? He was going super early last year. Now his draft cost is a lot more reasonable in the ninth round. But 
I feel like everyone's like, you know, Josh Allen kind of fell off at the end of last year. Stefan Diggs fell way off at the end of last year compared to what he was doing in the beginning of the year. And then Gabe Davis also fell off in the second half, but he, it was after Josh Allen's injury and we're given, we're given the leeway and the slack to Allen and Diggs, but not to Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis was on pace for 1156 yards, 11 touchdowns on a 17 game pace from weeks one through 10. And I think he gets back to that once a, there's a healthy Josh Allen. Also, Davis kind of, uh, you know, banged up his ankle last year as well. So I'm taking a shot on him. He's the wide receiver, too, with one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the best offenses. And then Mike Williams of the Chargers. I apparently really like guys who get injured all the time. I mean, apparently that's my thing here with Rashad Penny and Mike Williams. But you can grab Mike Williams in the sixth round. He has 10 games with 20 plus fantasy points over the last two seasons. That's tied for the seventh most among wide receivers behind only Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Devonta Adam, and Jamar Chase. It's a pretty good list to only be behind. He, like I said, I'm really high on Justin Herbert this year. I think he goes back and he starts throwing way more touchdowns than he did last year. Love Kellen Moore being there as an offensive coordinator. So Mike Williams is my favorite target for Herbert next year. So I want him on my team. Yeah, and he's really low. I think people are, again, hyping up uh, Quinton Johnston quite a bit here. Well, he's a rookie. We have to see what his role is going to be. And Gabe Davis is a good call because his values dropped. He was the second or last wide receiver three on the board. And I think that was pretty good value overall. If you drafted Gabe Davis last year, that's all you were looking for. And he gave you that. And Jahan Dotson, the secret might be out that he actually might be better than Terry McLaurin. So we'll watch Ooh. for that happening here. So that it's uh, one thing, if you look at his scoring, when McLaurin and him were on the field together, Dotson was the better fantasy football player. So watch out for that happening again here in 2023. Now, my picks are uh, maybe a little uh, shaky as well on the back end. We'll talk about that. But let's get the surefire guys out of the way. I'm looking at uh, Chris Olave. I mean, Derek Carr is going to target Olave like nuts. I don't believe Michael Thomas and foot. He's not fully healthy. It's never going to materialize there with him. So he's going to pepper Chris Olave. He likes one guy, whether it's Darren Waller or Devontae Adams. Derek Carr really latches on one guy. Really, go. you can go back to Amari Cooper, right, back in the early days of the Raiders. He's going to really target one guy quite a bit, and Olave is just the, the town is crazy good here to have a big year after having a jumble of quarterbacks he still produced last year. Now, Calvin Ridley, he's with my boy Trevor Lawrence. He's good. He's good to go, and we know that he was a wide receiver one in the top five the last time we see him, saw him play a full season before all the Falcons mess here. So he's in good shape. Now, Jerry Judy, this is the one where eh, this is my Gabe Davis. Where, oh, no, not Jerry Judy again. But if you look at it, Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy have the better connection. Cortland Sutton has really dropped off here as a value. I think there's been some, again, with Marvin Mims being drafted. Or are they fading Judy? They're not giving him a contract. I think they want to see him have a big season. I think this offense is well-suited for him with Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi. So really like Jerry Judy. And then we're going with another Steeler. It's George Pickens. Yes. I have to attach Pickett to Pickens here. If you're going to go howl to Dotson, I got to go my favorite uh, tongue twister there in fantasy football. So I do like Pickens. I like the fact that he can line up everywhere, make big plays. I think the Steelers offense is going to be much improved. Do I have full faith in Matt Canada? No, but I have more faith in Kenny Pickett and Deontay Johnson having a rebound season to really open things up for Pickett. So those are my picks. So what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I am more on the Deontay Johnson side than the Pickens side. I think Deontay Johnson's a good value this year because of he's going to consistently get the 140 targets. Like he's the top target. The zero touchdowns last year that could only go up, right? <laughs> like he cannot repeat zero touchdowns on that many targets. So hopefully Matt Canada can figure that out. Love the Jerry Judy pick. I think Sean Payton uh really hopefully fixes Russell Wilson and this offense, but I believe he will. So I'm excited to see what the Broncos offense looks like. And I think Jerry Judy is by far the better pick here than Cortland Sutton. And then Chris Olave is just, he's, he's elite, right? Like he, what he showed last year as a rookie, he showed he's special and he deserved to be that first round pick in the NFL draft. And he deserves to be a high pick in fantasy. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's an argument that he should go really solidly ahead of Garrett Wilson, just because I don't know what you're going to get necessarily from Wilson consistently. I like both of them, but if I had to pick one, I think I would go Alave based on the situation. So interesting to watch those guys, but either one is, has a potential of being a wide receiver one. Now, real quick, Michelle, we do have time to get into our tight end. So let's go go down the board on uh, your three tight ends that you're looking to draft. Yeah, so if you don't, if you're not lucky enough to get Kelsey in the first round, you're gonna have to look elsewhere. I really like Dalton Schultz of the Texans. Listen, he was a really decent fantasy asset over the last couple of years with the Cowboys, right? So maybe that's not going to roll over with his new team, but he could easily be the top target in his offense. There's Robert Woods, Tank Dell, who I really like as a rookie. Nico Collins, John Machi, like it could be Dalton Schultz. And that's the kind of tight ends I like to target later in my draft are those type of guys that could get a ton of targets in any given season on his team. Greg Dulcich of the Broncos going into his second season in the league. Uh, like I, I thought he was impressive last year. He missed some games due to injury, but when he was healthy on the field, he showed some promise. He had six receptions of 20 plus receiving yards. So he showed that explosiveness as well. And as I just said with Jerry Judy, I do think Sean Payton fixes this offense quite a bit. So I want a piece of it. And I really like Greg Dosis later in the drafts. And then my sneaky pick, I hope he stays this low at cost. Hunter Henry of the Patriots. He's like going undrafted. He is going undrafted. So you can grab him in the last round. I hope it stays that way. People are just ignoring him. He had nine touchdowns two years ago. And then the Patriots are like, you know what? We want a defensive coordinator as our offensive coordinator. And it was a disaster. Like who would have thought? Who would have thunk? Like having a defensive coach would not work out for your offensive system. But I think this year with them actually having a correct play caller, it's who else is on this team? It's Juju. <laughs> And all the reports throughout camp so far is that Hunter Henry is Mac Jones' favorite target. I, I'm not scared about Mike Kosicki being there whatsoever. I think Hunter Henry is a really, really sneaky pick this year. Yeah, and my picks kind of mirror yours as well. I really like the Schultz call, a new face, a new place. My choice in a similar vein is Darren Waller moving from the Raiders to the Giants again. What else do they have? It's a similar situation, right? The Giants and Texans slowly overhauling their receiving core. And just different guys there. It's a jumbled mess. So the tight end is always going to be a security blanket for a younger quarterback. You have CJ Stroud there. You have Daniel Jones. And following the athleticism, big plays, and limited action, I think Chig Okonkwo of the Titans, even with DeAndre Hopkins there, I mean, Doug Dulcich has to deal with Jerry Judy in a similar situation, but playing off him in the middle of the field, short to intermediate. So kind of parallel with what Greg Dulcich is facing, probably run heavier offense in Denver as well as uh, Tennessee, but that usually opens things up for the tight end. And my 
guy that is not going anywhere in drafts is Michael Mayer. I just don't see the Raiders having a lot of options here. I think Hunter Renfro slowly being phased out of this offense. He just is not as effective, especially with Jacoby Myers serving as the big slot that's kind of redundant for Renfro's role. So you have him, you have Devontae Adams, but what do you have? You don't have anything else except for Austin Hooper and O.J. Howard at tight end. That's not a lot. And you look at the numbers between Waller, what he left behind with the Raiders, and Foster Morrow, those are some really nice numbers when you combine the receiving totals. That really, It really added up to a tight end one on the back end. So Michael Mayer, he's just a better receiver and a better player than those other two guys. So those are my three picks there. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo liked to target the tight end position with the 49ers. We know George Kittle was always fantastic. It's always hard to trust a, a rookie tight end, but he's in a really good spot to shine. And Oconquo, I was so high on, and then DeAndre Hopkins signing there kind of ruined that. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know if there's a, they pass, I don't know if they'll pass enough to make DeAndre Hopkins good to get targets to Traylon Burks and then also Oconquo. So I think he has to be the second target on the offense to, you know, actually be a successful t- uh, fantasy tight end this year, but he could be, he definitely could be. And he's explosive enough. He showed a lot of talent. So I really like that pick by you as well. All right, Michelle, thanks again for now joining me as co-host. So you'll see a lot of Michelle because she'll be on every show going forward. So really appreciate you uh, telling us who you are and giving us immediately your fantasy players to target here in 2023. So a lot of uh, good times ahead. So check us out on our next show. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. We're free wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe uh, all across the board, YouTube and all the usual places. So Thanks again for Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. She's been Michelle Majuk. And we're out of here, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye, y'all.